What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. gonna need to deal with it i'm just saying it now we're on the wrong link and we are live welcome to the nba strategy show it is friday february 26th i am josh engelman i am joined by greg Ehrenberg. we are brought to you by no house advantage look at me i'm getting the sponsor right unlike Laffy, who would normally get that wrong also a guy that's not going to get as many Twitter followers as me by the end of this year, but that's neither here nor there. We're here to talk about a giant nine game slate, but we got to start right here. Greg, how are you? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, last night's slate went decently for me. Uh, a little trigger that I didn't have Howell Neto because I had all the other pieces of the optimal lineup on Fandle, but uh, Neto is not somebody that occurred to me, but uh, somehow I ended up being like 6% owned, which seemed pretty excessive to me, but uh, there was scoring a million fantasy points and I had all the other pieces pretty much, but not uh, not Mr. Howell Neto. 
I'm guessing his ownership crept up a little bit once the DJ Augustine news came out and he just became like the, okay, well, I just have to swap all of this to the only other player that fits here is my, is my guess. Like he just sort of picked up that extra one or 2%. I should have had more, but I looked at the exposures that came out of my late swaptimizer and immediately thought, well, that's way too much Howell Neto. Why would I want to do that? That paid off uh, in spades. Ultimately though, uh, how was your slate? It was pretty good. I had uh, I doubled up on DraftKings. I had like uh, it was like a forty percent ROI on FanDuel, so it was pretty good. It definitely helped on DraftKings. That uh, well, for one, like Alec Burks was not all that popular yesterday, and I was taking all kinds of shit because he sucked through uh, three quarters. And then the fourth quarter came, and the Kings were like, "Hey, we're not going to guard Alec Burks anymore." And Alec Burks was like, "You know what? I'm going to do. I'm going to shoot threes and make them on every possession in the fourth quarter." So. Alec Burke scored almost 30 fantasy points in the fourth quarter after doing just shit for the rest of the game. So I was watching the game with a buddy of mine, the Knicks game, and uh, obviously quickly smashed early. And I just wanted him to get to a point where he was essential. He needed like 13 points in the fourth quarter to be like a guy that you pretty much had to have. And it started off okay. And we're looking at the box score and I'm like, all right, well, this is a good score for quickly. I can't be mad. As long as he finishes ahead of Burks, I'm fine. And when I looked at it, it was like, oh, quickly he's got 35 fantasy points. Burks has 19 or something. I was like, oh, okay, I don't even have to look at this. It doesn't matter. And all of a sudden it was just like, pew, three, three, (laughs) three, three. And I was like, okay, well, here we go. I'm I'm glad I spoke that into existence. I I thought I immediately jinxed myself, but it didn't really matter. I jinxed myself by playing everybody else that I played yesterday. So that was just a (laughs) complete blast for me. We got a lot to talk about, man. Nine games, uh, a very little amount of value that I'm seeing so far throughout the slate. I'm I'm just ready to dive in. We'll touch on no house advantage and our schedule, promos, etc. as we move through the show, but I'm ready to kick it off if you are. Yeah, and not only is there not a lot of value, not a whole lot of guys on the injury report outside of the Miami Heat guys. Yeah, it's uh it's one of those slate. I mean, it looks a lot like yesterday only with even more games somehow. It's kind of weird. Yeah, uh, but then, I mean, come an hour from now, it'll be like, oh, well, uh, LeBron James isn't playing. You're just some other goofy nonsense. Oh, God. That is going to happen, too, isn't it? He's going to get arrested eventually, but I'm, I'm not actually forecasting that for this slate, but something goofy is going to happen. I thought that you just said he's going to get arrested eventually. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, what have you heard that he's, like, getting himself into? I've always assumed that he's been, like, a pretty good guy, but then again, we also saw, thought the same thing about Tiger Woods, and look where that got. Anyway, Indiana Pacers at the Boston Celtics. Celtics three-point favorites, somewhere in a 218 total. We will start on the Indiana side where Doug McDermott at 15% ownership on FanDuel, your boy, by the way, is the only guy in double digits in ownership on both FanDuel and DraftKings for the Pacers. Does that seem weird to you? Do you have any interest in anything from Indiana? All right. So talking about Doug McDermott, as the slate stands right now, I understand why he's getting ownership because the initial build of lineups I did, I got to him around 20%. And the reason is just because what we talked about before, there's no value and he's relatively cheap on this slate. He didn't get to score fantasy points in the fourth quarter because the Celtics were incapable of scoring buckets against the Hawks. And so Atlanta just ended up winning that game by like 35 or something ridiculous. Boston's been terrible lately. And be impacting the ownership for these guys a little bit when push comes to shove. Like, Jason Tatum was such a popular play last slate. I thought he was a really good option. He just sucked. He couldn't get anything going against Atlanta. Um, He is, to me, a little bit too expensive, but not to the point where he's going to be totally left out of my player pool. Uh, The power forward options, at least on FanDuel, it's it's a weak position. It's hard to find a lot of guys to like. And if I'm paying up for somebody as the slate stands right now at power forward on FanDuel, it would be Jason Tatum. So uh, some mild interest in him. Kemba Walker, like you said, I like him on DraftKings with the 6K price. Also, matchup against the Pacers, kind of a neutral one. Not Tice or Tristan Thompson. Uh, I think last game, if I remember correctly, Daniel Tice. I don't think he. I don't think he did anything. He yeah, had was what, was, what was his final stat line in that game? It was he played eleven minutes, had one block, and no other stats. He had a seven percent usage rate. Um, yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard for me to figure out the minutes here. Uh, I don't think there's any one guy that I I really want to hitch my wagon to, and just because of that kind of uncertainty. Uh, and also the uh, center position, uh, at least for uh, Tristan Thompson, Robert Williams on, on DraftKings. There's other guys I'm going to want to get to because I don't feel comfortable enough projecting the minutes where I feel like, hey, I'm definitely confident one of these guys is going to play, you know, like 28 to 30 minutes. You know the question. It's about to come. 
Favorite play on FanDuel, favorite play on DraftKings? Ooh, uh, I guess Doug McDermott on FanDuel and Kemba Walker on DraftKings. Okay. For me, it's Kemba Walker on FanDuel, Kemba Walker on DraftKings. Get excited, everybody. It's Kemba <laughs> Day. Once again, we're doing it. We're doing it. On to Houston now. Rockets, seven and a half point dogs in Toronto, 220 total. And for the first time in what feels like forever, outside of Christian Wood, who has been out, everybody's just like available for Houston. I didn't really, I'm so used to one of these two guys resting and a bunch of questionable tags and all sorts of other nonsense, but it seems like it's a little different. So Eric Gordon is the chalk play coming out of Houston for Fandle, about 20% ownership. PJ Tucker is at 11% ownership on DraftKings. So I guess we can just uh, start the fire and chat right now. People are going to lose their minds. That ownership will not be there by the end of the day. If we open up more ownership or more value, that is a, function of not many guys sub 4k playing 30 minutes today what stands out to you from houston because everything that i see is really gross all right so i kind of have a goofy pick here but as the slate stands right now with no ownership and nobody's rostering him either i have a mild i have a mild amount of interest in justin Patton. uh flat min on fanduel he's 3300 on DraftKings. He's played well on a points-per-minute basis in the two games we've seen him uh, play minutes. He scored uh, 20 fantasy points in 21 minutes two games ago, and in the game after that, 10 fantasy points in 12 minutes. We've seen basically none of Justin Patton in the NBA, but now that DeMarcus Cousins is gone and there's just no other big men there, I think that Justin Patton's played well enough to where we, we might start to see him get extended minutes. It's not something I could confidently say that, oh, we're getting 25 minutes of Justin Patton, but... I think that given how P.J. Tucker is struggling and given that he's played reasonably well, I, I think that it stands to reason we could maybe see 20 to 22 minutes of Justin Patton. So I'm willing to take GPP flyers on him, especially he's picking up zero ownership right now and there's no, and there's no value of note. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what to make with his minutes. Um, I gave him 14. I think that could be anywhere from 10 to 24, honestly. Against Toronto, I don't think that he is ultra necessary. Uh, they could just as easily get by with, you know, some sort of combination of Pascal Siakam. And if they needed to uh, dust them off, you know, like Stanley Johnson can play small center minutes against whoever's out there for Houston. He's basically just like a, oddly enough, crappier version of P.J. Tucker. The guy that pops up the most for me for Houston is Daniel House at 4,500. I don't like the feel of that at all, but he's not picking up much ownership. On DK, it was P.J. Tucker. I would rather just hope that something happens to Houston and they like don't they like remove this game from the slate. I have no interest in Houston. It feels super uncomfortable to roster any of these guys. Outside, I, like Eric Gordon's fine, I guess here's the other thing with Houston. They they don't play in competitive games anymore. I don't know what it is about this team, uh, but even their wins are kind of lopsided. And then when they lose, they just absolutely get their faces kicked in. So uh, they lost their last game to the Cavs. They lost by 16 points. The game before they played the Bulls, these are easy games. They lost the Bulls by 20 points. And that was a home game for Houston. This team is not capable of playing competitive games, it seems like. And I mean, the spread for this game is eight and a half. That's pretty wide also. I, it, the, the variance of the Rockets leads me to think that they're probably just a team that's more prone to blowouts than most other teams. And uh, maybe I'm just trying to talk myself more into a crappy value play in Justin Patton, but he's going to be out there in garbage time if it's not a close game. Well, let's switch to the Toronto side because I don't have anything else for Houston. And we've got Kyle Lowry back. He's been in and out of the lineup as of late. Van Vliet, Siakam, OG Nobi, all 11% owned on FanDuel. Siakam and Lowry picking up ownership. They're in the teens on DraftKings. I don't see much separating these guys, but I definitely want to get some Toronto today, whether that's Van Vliet, Siakam, or OG on FanDuel. I think all three guys do look good. I would add Lowry to that mix on DraftKings, a little bit less so on OG, but I'm happy to rotate through the five main guys for the Raptors. Van Vliet, Siakam, Lowry, Ananobi, and Norm Powell. How are you feeling about Toronto against Houston? And did I miss anybody? Is it a Boucher day by any chance? Uh, so I would like it to be a Boucher day, except the minutes just haven't been there for him recently. If you look at the last handful of games, uh, Chris Boucher's minutes. The other thing also is Aaron Baines is starting to get healthier. And I think that that's also hurting Boucher's minutes. But uh, the last five games, 22 minutes, 22, 25, 23, and 18 for Chris Boucher. So if he was to get bigger minutes, I would like him, except it just seems that Nick Nurse doesn't really like to play him bigger minutes. So 
not somebody that's going to be on my player pool as of now, unless something changes. As for the guys like uh, Van Fleet, Siakam, the issue is that they're still pretty expensive. Their price tags went up when Kyle Lowry was out. So as just points per dollar plays, they don't come out especially well for me. Um, Siakam is at 8,800 on FanDuel now. Before Lowry got hurt, he was um, 8,500. And then Fred Van Fleet, he was also in the 7K range uh, the last time we saw um, the, the last time that, that Kyle Lowry was there. So w- we've had price ups on both Siakam and Van Fleet, and they, they don't come out as especially great points per dollar plays. I don't think they're great values. So not guys I'm going to be targeting primarily either. Um, it's just the yeah. inverse situation we, we look for in value. A key player is coming back from injury and everybody's been priced up. Yeah, and I, w- I wanted to be a little bit clearer here. It's not that I think that any of these guys are standout plays. They are all just sort of the same exact filler. Like, I would expect to have one of the main Raptors in a lot of the stuff I'm doing, but it's a grab bag of who that actually would be. I think, like, having 10% of Van Vliet, Siakam, OG, Ananobi, Norm Palak, that makes a little bit of sense to me. Um, but they're either going to have that ownership or be unowned. I like the spot against Houston, though. This is that, that's not a very good team. No. Uh, they looked like they were going to be okay for a little while, and maybe they'll be a little bit better now that Victor Oladipo's back, but... On the whole, that team's a mess. The Marcus Cousins situation made zero sense at all, where they're like, hey, he's not with the team anymore, but he's playing tomorrow, maybe. And then he just didn't play, and then he was released. Uh, so I yeah, was really surprised they guaranteed his contract. Yeah, supposedly that was a PR move because he's popular amongst the players. But I mean, whatever, especially because uh, Fertitta is like the cheapest owner in the league. But that's why I thought it was crazy. <laughs> like, I can understand doing it if, you know, you're fine. It's not really affecting your financials. You're just, you know, building goodwill to that agent and whatever. But yeah, uh, Tillman Fertitta is not a guy that's looking to like sling around extra bucks. I'm surprised he didn't pay it off in like coupons to his restaurants or something. Well, he does own a casino in New Jersey and there's a local commercial that goes out for it where somebody wins the jackpot on a slot machine and then he gets all upset giving them the money. And that's supposed to be like the joke of the commercial where he's like, no, 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 I need this $3 million. And then he ends up like begrudgingly giving the person the money. I'm like, this is way too accurate. Yeah, super accurate. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. At least they didn't want to pay the tax. That's smart. Moving it on to, oh, sorry, I missed it. Favorite play in this game, FanDuel and DraftKings. Ooh, got to be better, Josh. Uh, the answer is really nobody. Uh, I guess I'll say Patton and Patton, not even because I think he's a good play, but just there's, there's no value right now. And if I'm willing to take a flyer on somebody, it's him just on the chance that he ends up getting to that 20 minutes. And I expect him to be around a points per minute fantasy producer. OG Ananobi on FanDuel. Pascal Siakam on DraftKings. What a day. What a day. Sacramento, now we're going to have some fun. Sacramento Kings at the Detroit Pistons. Pistons are one-point dogs at home, 224 total. We got to start on the Sacramento side. Lots of ownership coming in here. De'Aaron Fox is close to 30 on FanDuel. Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, Harrison Barnes all in the teens. De'Aaron Fox is close to 30% on DraftKings. Harrison Barnes is at 22%. Halliburton, Heald, Bagley, and Holmes all in the 10 to 12% range. So a ton of ownership is coming into Sacramento. Obviously a fantastic matchup against the Pistons. How are you feeling about the Kings? How did De'Aaron Fox not have more ownership last night? No like De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox was not a popular play at all. And so I loved Fox yesterday, but his ownership was projecting to get so high as we got close to lock that I started to take him down a little bit in my lineups. That I was like, and then the, and then and then when the slate starts, I look at the exposures for the players. Like the field roster, De'Aaron Fox, like fourteen percent. That seemed crazy to me at that price in that spot. Um, but either way, De'Aaron Fox sub eight K. Basically, in any matchup, sub eight K De'Aaron Fox is something that's of a ton of interest to me. Uh, and now he gets a much better matchup against the Pistons than he had last night against the Knicks. As much as the Kings have struggled and Luke Walton, I think is a terrible coach. I can't believe this is basically a pick game against the Pistons because the Pistons are really terrible and the Kings have way more talent. 
uh, even tail end of a back-to-back. I, I don't agree with that line, but yeah, De'Aaron Fox is going to be somebody who I'm, who I'm very interested in and I'm curious to see what his ownership ends up being tonight. Well, I will do my best to make it go at least a little bit higher. Uh, I think he looks great. Although uh, on FanDuel, I think he's about properly owned at 30%, but that's a guy that I could end up over the field on just because I think he'll end up being one of my better options. What do we want to do, though, with the rest of this team? I think Buddy Heald pops up really nicely today. Uh, Just a combination of price and matchup looks fine. I guess it'd be easier for me to talk about the things that I don't totally understand. Harrison Barnes uh, was essential to lineups yesterday, at least on FanDuel, just from the position, he's at 22% ownership on DraftKings. Does that seem correct to you? How are you feeling about Harry Barnes? The what Bar- I think of the Bay, I totally forgot about that. Oh my God. Whew. So what I think is weird about Barnes is that he's really popular on DraftKings and not really that popular on FanDuel. I mean, he's still picking yeah. up some ownership. He's 14% is the current ownership we have on him, but small forward's a tough position to fill on FanDuel. So at his price point, kind of in the mid-range, I figure that he'd be more of a popular target, and he's not, but he is on DraftKings. Um, I, I think that he's probably a little bit under-owned on FanDuel and a little bit over-owned on DraftKings. Uh, I agree with you on Buddy Heald also. I think that he's somebody who uh, looks pretty good, particularly his 5,700 price on FanDuel. He absolutely sucked yesterday, except uh, still uh, – I mean, the Knicks are like a kind of tough matchup for fantasy purposes. Uh, They play at a slow pace. They also have a good defense. So uh, I think it's almost excusable to have a bad game against the Knicks. Uh, But this is a much easier matchup against the Pistons. So uh, Buddy Heald is definitely more of a FanDuel play for me than DraftKings, but somebody I'm interested in. Anybody you don't like on the Kings that's actually like showing up with some ownership? Um, Let's see. Where is... um, Rashawn Holmes isn't picking up that much ownership. Um, actually, 12% of Rashawn Holmes on DraftKings seems really high to me. I'm a little surprised. So that was the one that I was curious if you were going to get to or not. It seems like oddly high, right? Yeah. It's, uh, what the, do we know fa- about his minutes? Because I, I just feel, especially with Hassan Whiteside being questionable today, like this rotation could change a little bit. So the other thing also, though, I mean, look at White's, uh, Holmes' minutes as of late, 28, 26, 21, 22, 24, 22. He's not playing that many minutes. And no. center's always such a loaded position that it's it's hard for me to reason getting to him if I'm going to be giving him, you know, like 26 minutes. And as for the Whiteside part, Whiteside hasn't played in the last two games, so I don't even know how much that impacts it. If Whiteside comes back, that's only less minutes that Holmes could play. But even without Whiteside in there, Holmes isn't playing a ton of minutes, so... The, the DraftKings ownership is, I would say, egregiously high, like as of right now. We are on the exact same page then. I don't totally understand it. So this would be the perfect example then for Miles Turner. They're separated by $100. Rashawn Holmes is at 11% ownership. I would rather just take whatever the public is doing with Rashawn Holmes and give it to Miles Turner. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, I, I would definitely prefer to play Miles Turner to Rashawn Holmes. I haven't projected for more fantasy points. Um, sure. I think on the whole, though, I'd probably just rather get to other guys at the center position. But I, Fair. but uh, Tur- Turner over Holmes is uh, definitely something I'm on board with. All right. Now we got to go back over to the Pistons because we're not done with like fun options to roster today. Jeremy Grant back in the lineup, took the last one off for rest. And boy, is he coming back to a great spot. Uh, relatively pace neutral, but uh, Sacramento's defense is just giving up points in bunches, including to the New York Knicks last night in an aggressive, aggressive manner. The Knicks are, I think, the worst offense in the league, maybe like second worst offense in the league. It's not very good. Um, This could be a great spot for the Pistons. So once again, I'm going to be jamming Jeremy Grant into everything. I like Sadiq Bey for 5,100 on FanDuel. He's also picking up quite a bit of ownership. And then on DraftKings, I think that like pretty much everybody that's going to get at least a little bit of run is underpriced here or underrepresented. Josh Jackson, no ownership. I'd like to have at least a little bit against Sacramento. Um, You know, we could talk about Saban Lee at 4,300 now. I don't think that that's going to be as appealing as it's been. But again, we don't have much value. Maybe he sees additional minutes. Do we go to Dennis Smith Jr.? How do you feel about Mason Plumlee? Detroit's a weird one today. So there's something else we have to mention. Sadiq Bey is questionable. He has an ankle injury. And that's going to have a whole lot of implications on the Pistons. Uh, If he's out... I maybe they go to Josh Jackson. The thing that's been weird about Josh Jackson though, is even though he's been playing well, there seems to be 
some kind of hesitancy to give him big minutes. Like he was maybe their best player last game. He had a 31% usage rate, ended up scoring 25 points. He only played 29 minutes. So it's, it's weird that they're kind of capping Josh Jackson's minutes. It seems like he's earned himself more playing time, especially on a team that isn't going anywhere at this point. Uh, so Josh Jackson, it's going to be hard for me to give him a massive amount of minutes. Uh, but still, I think that he would make sense if Sadiq Bey is out. Something else, and by the way, I agree with you. I think Jeremy Grant, as of now, is the best play on the team. Uh, something else, though, that was interesting. Last game, 26 minutes for Dennis Smith Jr., 22 minutes for Saban Lee. So I mean, I, I think gave, that's been their goal. I think just Dennis Smith Jr. just sucks a lot. I don't think this team has a goal. I just think I just think they sure. go out there and play bad. I think they just roll the ball out, and they're just like, whatever happens, happens. I don't even think they're aware of how many minutes Saban Lee and Dennis Smith Jr. are playing. Like it made, the last episode? They traded for Dennis Smith Jr. and then they started him the first game. And he played like 18 minutes and Savingly played the rest of the point guard minutes. And it just made it just made no sense. Um but 26 minutes for Dennis Smith Jr. last game compared to the 22 for Saban Lee. I don't know if that holds, except I, I kind of like Dennis Smith Jr. right now as a as a as a cheapish option. He is um forty nine hundred on FanDuel, forty six hundred on DraftKings, picking up no ownership right now. And I think there's a chance that the way the minutes have gone, if Dennis Smith also, he's starting, he's played, he's played decently the last couple of games. If he's going to come out and start well, he gets the first crack at the point guard minutes. If he plays well, I assume they're going to keep giving him the the line share of the minutes because there's no reason to take him out five minutes into the game if he's going well. So I I think there's a chance for him at a cheap price in a favorable matchup to have an okay fantasy game, especially if this holds where he just has no ownership. Yeah, it it is kind of wacky. 4,900 on FanDuel for Smith, 4,600 on DK. What is, did you run through any minutes yet today? Do you have a, a feel for what you're expecting for tonight? So the, I'm just going to give 24 minutes to Dennis Smith and 24 for Saban Lee. They haven't been sharing the court, and it looks like the point guard minutes are going to be split. And I think, I think that's the prudent way to go about approaching it because it could go either way. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if, if it's, again, Dennis Smith plays 26 and we have 22 from Saban Lee. It could even be a 28-20 split in favor of either guy. So I think 24-24 is uh, is a reasonable way to look at it. Well, that's exciting. I went with, drum roll, 24. So uh, we're on the exact same page. I didn't really know what else to do. Uh, I wasn't really comfortable with guessing on anything else there. All I know is I want to play a lot of Jeremy Grant. Normally, I feel like I'm on an island when I say that. But for at least today specifically, I think it's just a fantastic play and you can't really get away from it. I agree, especially especially because the power forward position on uh, FanDuel is uh, lacking, to say the least. Favorite play on FanDuel, favorite play on DraftKings. This one's actually a little tricky. Uh, it is uh, De'Aaron Fox and De'Aaron Fox. So I have De'Aaron Fox by nine-tenths of a percentage point over Jeremy Grant on FanDuel. I have Jeremy Grant, though, over De'Aaron Fox on uh, DK by a little bit. So... That's exciting, right? We get a little bit of uh, yeah, whenever but a disagreement. It, one of the only interesting games on the slate is a Kings Pistons game, two of the worst teams in the NBA. So that's 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 the excitement the excitement that we're getting from this slate right now. <sighs> Unfortunately, that is incredibly true, but we can get excited over something else. I think. What's that? That would be our schedule for the rest of the day. Oh, uh, we have five more shows today. We are just churning out content it just never stops 3 p.m eastern the nhl strategy show with jake and cliffy breaking down everything on the ice 4 30 p.m eastern time the nba tip-off show kayla ben raza yourself you are back for the nba tip-off show you're going for 45 minutes transitioning to the deeper dive alex Ostomo baker the boss man himself adam share ship my money deeper dive today going for an hour and 15 minutes on this nine gamer and then uh live before lock spags and t mcbee terry mcbride 6 30 to 7 30 up until that 7 30 lock and then we're still not done nba late live before lock the swap and spit show spags and your old pal emac taking you from nine till ten it's a jam-packed schedule for you guys today uh no giveaways today but we do have a little bit of free content nba player rankings are free NHL ownership projections are free. MMA pro plays are free. Have we lost any fights in the past 12 hours since you and I have talked? Um, Not that I'm aware of, but probably. Well, just in (laughs) case we don't. Weigh-ins are, I assume, right now. So keep your eyes peeled for that if you're playing MMA. 
What's next? Okay. Uh, here's a game that I think is really weird. The Phoenix Suns at the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are five and a half point favorites, 228 total. We will start on the Phoenix uh, side. S- Suns are favored. Did I say the Bulls are favored? Yeah. Yes, the Suns are favored by five and a half. Absolutely no chance <laughs> that the Bulls are favored against the Suns. That would be insane. Good catch. Um, no one on Phoenix is in double digits in ownership on DraftKings. DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, and Bridges are all about 11%. Devin Booker is at 8% on FanDuel. How, I don't normally get to the Suns all that much, but I think they look better than the public does because they're playing the Chicago Bulls. I'm kind of digging uh, DeAndre Ayton a little bit right now. Uh, just, yeah. just, where the, just where the price point is on him. He's played marginally better over the, over the last few games. The usage is, is not there for him anymore, but uh, the rebound numbers have been great for him this year, and he's scored uh, you know, well over 30 fantasy points in three of the last four games. The price on him is so cheap, and it's a favorable matchup against the Bulls. The Bulls have been you know, a team that's gotten beaten up by big men for years now. They've gotten crushed on the glass, so... I think this is a game where we could see another big rebound night for DeAndre Ayton. So uh, given where his price point is and the lack of value, if we're not able to go stars and scrubs on this slate, I'm going to be looking for mid-range plays with some amount of upside. And DeAndre Ayton is one of the guys that fits that profile. I don't really have much to add to that. I think Ayton looks good. I think he's the best option from the Suns on FanDuel. I think he's the best option from the uh, Suns on DraftKings. And another guy like... Look at DeAndre Ayton's ownership. Look at Rashawn Holmes' ownership. You should not be playing those guys in the same way. I greatly prefer Ayton. He's a little bit more expensive, but not like prohibitively so. $900, I believe, just off the top of my head. I will happily get to Ayton, but I will happily have uh, a bit of Devin Booker. 7700 for Devin Booker against the Bulls at 8% ownership on a nine-gamer. What is to stop Devin Booker from just nuking this slate? Because I don't see it. It's certainly not Zach Levine on the opposite side. <laughs> So the, the only pause I have with them is that with Chris Paul there, he's, he's just not doing much other than scoring. So yeah. last game, Devin Booker, let me pull up his FanDuel line. He had a, such a goofy uh, line the other day because it was a game where I was kind of peripherally watching. I was like, oh, Devin Booker seems like he's crushing. And then you look at the fantasy point totals and you realize he scored 33 real-life points and 35 fantasy points. Yeah. And that's part of the issue with him playing alongside Chris Paul. His assist rate is so much lower this year than it was last year. And he's really reliant on just scoring, having a hyper-efficient game from the field. So I don't think there's very much upside in Devin Booker because he's even he's scoring the ball really well as of late. Uh, 33, fans, uh, 33 points, 34 points in the last couple of games. His usage is up. He's had a usage rate over 30% in five consecutive games, and none of them have been exceptional fantasy nights. Yeah. So it's hard, it's hard for me to reasonably say that I think there's a good chance of an upside game from Devin Booker. And it's not even anything against Devin Booker. It's just Chris Paul is the engine of that offense, and Devin Booker just doesn't get other stats other than scoring. Okay, so him at 7,700. What would you want out of him in a GPP for you to think, like, nailed it? It's also different on a nine-game slate versus smaller slate. Um, yeah. But, yeah, probably like 45-plus fantasy points or so. Okay. Yeah, we're on the same page. I can't overlook anything against Chicago knowing Zach Levine's on the opposite side trying to slow you down. One of those, one of, I think one of Booker or Paul has a day that is very relevant to an optimal lineup build. Just put it there. Wound to the Chicago side. (laughs) No one on FanDuel or on DraftKings is north of 10% ownership. On DK, no one's north of 3 only Kobe White on FanDuel is sneaking oddly high. No one in my Sims on FanDuel or DraftKings showed up more than 9%, which would be Kobe White on FanDuel. Are you rostering Chicago against Phoenix, a place where fantasy points and teams go to die? No, and I have rostered a little bit of Wendell Carter Jr. recent slates, but the price has caught up with him now. He's not, he's not somebody who's all that cheap. He was 5,200 on DraftKings earlier in the week. Now he's up to 5,900. He's 6,200 on FanDuel. And then also, like we said, the Suns are a solid team now. Actually, a reporter asked DeAndre Ayton the other day if he thought they should be considered in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation, which was a ridiculous question. But it goes to show just how much better the Suns are in defense. By the way, Ayton said no, except he was happy that somebody was at least asking him that question. Uh, but the, the Suns are a very good team. They have a strong defense. They're a very tough team to go up against for fantasy purposes, almost entirely because of the addition of Chris Paul, in my opinion. Also, Mikael Bridges is ridiculously good as a 
as a defender on the wing, arguably the top wing defender in the NBA. I think there's a case to be made for that. They're, they're just, if, if, if he isn't the best, it's because there's just people who are on par with him. There's nobody who's better than him guarding on the perimeter right now. Uh, But yeah, the only other guy that I would name would be like, that can also just play all the time would be Ananobi. And like, I, I, I wouldn't get in an argument over that stuff. I think they're both fantastic. Uh, totally agree. I think both of them are, depending how many games on and over misses, they're both first team, all defensive players to me at this point in the season. Um, yeah. and yeah, I, all that. And also the bulls, it's like I said, they're not cheap either. Wendell Carter's price has come up. Zach Levine is really expensive now. So, uh, no real interest in the bulls for me. There's other spots that I want to target, man. I really like Deandre Ayton, but for him to be, uh, in any sort of defensive discussion is comical at best. He's, he was atrocious his rookie year and he has made incredible strides defensively, but that is not a ceiling of his ever. No. If, 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 if he hits that ceiling, he's basically like the best player in the, he's Joel Embiid. Well, I mean, like he's he... not there in offense, but like to get to that point in time, like that's the sort of body and like skill set he's going to end up having at that point. That's just not in the cards. Is it weird that I'm biased against players who come into the league looking like they're 45? <laughs> he reminds me of like Bill Cartwright, but like not the same skill set, obviously. Just old. He he's looks so, so old. He's, he's so old looking. How, like, how old do you think DeAndre Ayton was the first time that he tried to buy beer? I think he came out of the womb with a beard. Yeah. I, I, think, I, think he came out of, I think he had bags under his eyes. He had wrinkles and he had a beard. Can, like... When he was 18, I mean, he was clearly, what, 6'10", huge. No one is even being like, can I see some ID? No one's thinking he's a minor. No, no It had no, to be like was... 15, probably. Like, he would have been able to just go anywhere and buy beer. Yeah, for sure. He was, he was, definitely, he was definitely showing up to AAU games, and people were like, all right, he's not allowed to play. This is a joke. Like, like we saw the Danny Alante thing. He's not coming into yeah. the game. I hope he looked that I, I've never seen any like kids pictures of him, but I'd love to see him in like a junior high school game. He's like six, eight looking like he's 44. Uh, <laughs> that'd be incredible. Favorite play from Chicago. Favorite play from, or favorite play on FanDuel. Favorite play on DraftKings. Sorry. Uh, Aiton and Aiton. No disagreements. Aiton and Aiton. Moving on. Clippers at the Memphis Grizzlies. Clippers are six and a half point favorites in Memphis. 227 total. Stop me if you've heard this sort of line before. No one on FanDuel or DraftKings from the Clippers is north of 10% ownership. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George are both just under it on FanDuel and slightly under it on DK. Only Kawhi on FanDuel showed up north of 10% for me. That would be at 12.7. So the question is, are you rostering anything from the Clippers today against Memphis? Uh, so I think that with, uh, Kawhi, well, the other thing also, uh, back-to-back situation that gives me a little bit of hesitation. I know that they've been playing, uh, they've been playing Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in back-to-backs. I'm still a little wary of it. I'm just looking up really quick. What minutes, um, Kawhi played the last time it was a back-to-back. He played 39 minutes on the front end, 32 minutes on the back end, but that was also a blowout against the Cavs. Uh, before that. I guess that was the only other back-to-back he's played so far. So it's it's hard for me to really get a good feel for what they're going to do with his minutes here. Um, I'll say that he's not, he wouldn't be a fade for me. Like I don't have, I, I don't have like bowls level interest in, in some of these guys. Except I'm I'm a little wary of going heavy on them just because of the back-to-back. So I'll say a little bit of Kawhi, a little bit of Paul George, uh, but nothing like a primary option for me. Yeah, same page. One of those guys would have to be out to actually open up anything of value for the Clippers, but this is not a spot I want to be. I don't have anything else to add. They look terrible. For, yes. They look terrible as a DFS option. Fantastic team. Uh, by the way, I pulled up a picture of DeAndre Ayton in high school on my computer really quick. He's he's like older looking then than he is now. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. <laughs> DeAndre Ayton, high school picture. He's just old. Like it's, oh my it's, gosh! It's, it's like confusing. even Bagley's got a bit of a baby face. Oh my god! <laughs> T- top twenty seventeen hoops recruit DeAndre Ayton. And the picture that they're using of him in here in some Under Armour game. He looks like Otis Nixon. It's he looks it's 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 Greg Oden, right? It's the same yeah. type. It's the same type of thing. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Man, I wish that he could yeah. have been good. 
Yeah, I've seen some disturbing pictures of Greg Oden too. But yeah, he was he was a great he was that was a, a great picture yeah. of Greg Oden. I know what you're talking about, man. That was that was fine. It looked like it fit him like a glove. Uh yeah, and, unfortunately unfortunately that was the highlight of his career. That's the, uh yeah, I don't know. That uh that game against Florida or yeah, that game against Florida was incredible. Yeah, oh yeah, well that was it. I meant I meant it was NBA career. Fair. That's a bummer, man. Not a bust. Bad luck. No, and this was something I got in a big Twitter debate and the other day. We we're talking about worst bust in NBA history, and somebody told me it had to be Greg Oden. I was like, no, Greg Oden was good when he played. It's not his, it's not his fault that his body fell apart. He was a good basketball player. Like, I'd rather have this was the discussion. I said I'd rather have a hundred games out of Greg Oden. That's what he played. It's like 109 career games yeah. than 600 games of Kwame Brown. Like the hundred yeah. games of Greg Oden actually delivered value. These other guys who were bust, like Anthony Bennett, Kwame Brown, they were just terrible replacement level players when they played. I mentioned Embiid before, but I mean, Odin really was Embiid before Embiid. Uh, Ultra-talented offensive player, really big disruptor defensively. Mm, It's a shame. Memphis side, one person, double digits in ownership on on both sites. That would be John Morant, 11% and 12% owned. That's exactly where I think it should be. And then I don't want to roster anything from Memphis. Do you have any interest in the Grizzlies outside of John Morant? The Mem- uh, the Grizzlies are running a ridiculously deep rotation, like silly deep. They unload the bench. Everybody plays. Uh, Josh, your camera just turned off again. Uh, but of so Memphis, Memphis plays a ridiculously deep rotation. They're getting Xavier Tillman minutes, Desmond Bain, Tyus Jones, Justice Winslow. Now that he's back, Grayson Allen, and then you've also got the the starters. Nobody plays over thirty minutes with regularity, other than John Moran, and it kills the upside of everybody on this roster. So. Morant warrants uh, a little bit of exposure. Like you said, I totally agree with that. Nobody else can I get to because there's just not enough minutes to go around. Yeah, it, it's a pretty terrible spot. I uh, sent my Sims to someone in a DM last night and they were like, why do you have De'Anthony Melton projected for two minutes? I was like, someone is about to get pinched with all of these guys being back. It seems like it's about to be Melton and I just need to throw two minutes somewhere. And sure enough, I think he played three minutes. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean they they're playing everybody. There's this is the old this is the old like Kenny Atkinson Nets rotation. He unloads yep. the bench. It's like a rec league game where there's a minutes there's a minutes floor for every player. It's like, hey, you get penalized if you don't play everybody on the roster, and that's that's what they do. Favorite play, Fanduel and DraftKings. I think this is actually up in the air, but it's only two possible answers. Uh, I'm gonna say Morant. Morant. Uh, I, I like him slightly more than Kawhi on a on a uh, points per dollar basis. Kawhi on FanDuel, John ja Morant on DraftKings. If you thought that game was a barn burner, wait, this one's even worse somehow. The Utah Jazz taking on the Miami Heat, Heat six and a half point dogs at home, 217 total. Q tag on Bam Adebayo, Q tag on Tyler Hero. Mike Conley's at 11% ownership on FanDuel. No one else on the Utah, uh, no one else on the Utah Jazz picking up any ownership. The highest I got anybody in my Sims on either site five and a half percent for Donovan Mitchell. Are you rostering anything from Utah? I know you were on Mike Conley the last time out. Are you going back to Conley? Are you going to anything else? Uh, I think so. The, I, I like Conley marginally on Fanduel and DraftKings. I like Rudy Gobert on DK though. Uh, he's been a little bit underpriced for a while now. Uh, so Gobert. I'm pretty sure the price was 7,200 on DraftKings. Might have been 73. Yeah, 7,200 for Rudy Gobert. Uh, last game, he didn't have a, a great night, except it was also a game against the Lakers who uh, got blown out. The Lakers have really been struggling with all the injuries they're dealing with, and that was a game that was over basically at halftime. So Gobert only ended up playing minutes in the mid-20s. I kind of write off that game. But besides that, Gobert's pretty consistently been in, like, the high 30, low 40 type fantasy point range. So the 7,200 price tag on DK is a little bit too cheap for me. Uh, picking up 8% ownership right now. Uh, that's a- about fair. Another guy who, by the way, in the mid-range price tier, I'd rather get to than uh, Rashawn Holmes. But that goes for everybody who's in that who's in that price range. Uh, so I'll get some exposure to Gobert on DraftKings, a little bit of ownership to Mike Conley on FanDuel and DK, but nothing else that I'm going to be getting to. Now, really rough spot. Let's slide over to the Miami side. So if Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero play, I think that this team is 100% unrosterable pretty much across the board. It's a terrible spot. Everything looks bad. These prices are pretty high. I just cannot be here. Do you have any interest in Miami if these guys are in? No, not at all. Um, okay. The other thing also is we've seen like Kendrick Nunn's had some big games. 
without Tyler Hero this year, but he's also priced up at this point. So yeah. and uh, Goran Dragic is back. Yeah. So that that would be a, a no go on those guys. Goran Dragic would be somewhat interesting to me if Tyler Hero is out. I just have to see what kind of minutes restriction we get on or what information. He, last game was his first game back. He played 21 minutes. If Tyler Hero is out and Goran Dragic doesn't have a minutes restriction, then he's a good play for me. I just I, I feel like we don't have enough information on that right now. So if Bam is out, Kelly Olenek is going to become like Uber Chalk, right? Yes, uh, especially because number one, he's playing pretty well at well, not not necessarily well every game, except we've seen him have some upside in games lately. There's no value on the slate, and he remains cheap. His price hasn't moved all that much as of late. So Kelly Olenek would become really popular. Um, what do you think they would do in the starting lineup if Bam Adebayo is out? And we're going to assume Hero is in for that one? Let's just say both of them are out. What do you think the starting five is? None. Robinson. Olenek. Olenek. Butler. Uh, That fifth person could be anybody. It truly could. Max Struess. I don't know. Gabe Vincent. Um, yeah, I think I think Precious is a is a viable value option if Adebayo and Healer yeah, and Hero are both out. Yeah, I mean he's basically outside of this last game. You know, he's splitting forty eight minutes with Bam. Uh, I assume that Precious would then get into like the twenty to twenty two range in, in that case. I don't because I don't think that he just immediately gets uh, left to go crazy. Flat minimum on both sides. Definitely a guy that we need to talk about. But right now, I don't think that Miami is even possible to like discuss they look terrible yeah i agree uh but but if guys are out there's no value on the slate so it would open up precious this year averaging 13 fantasy points per game in about 14 minutes so if we were able to give him 26 or so minutes which i think is you know reasonable if, if guys are out then he becomes he becomes a really strong value play favorite play in the game i don't even have an answer uh conley and conley my technical answer is Bam had a bio if he is in and Royce O'Neal on DraftKings. But my real answer is don't play anyone from this game. That's where I'm landing. All yeah, right, we've got three I, I, more I, I, games. Well, I just, Go ahead. I'm actually going to be rostering Mike Conley. Um, okay. But the, the Heat players, unless there's injuries, I'm going to get zero exposure to them. There we go. Got to talk a little bit about No House Advantage right now. They are the presenting sponsor of this show, and it's a very different DFS space. We're not really worried about fantasy points at all. There are no fantasy points to worry about. We're picking player props. So, for example, you know, you could be selecting Mike Conley assists over under. I'm picking a number six and a half. It's probably under that, but I don't know. You rank the props that you select on a confidence interval. So maybe your favorite one gets worth eight points. Your second favorite one is worth seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, all the way down the list. You're trying to accumulate the most points by getting your props correct. And that is a very different mechanism than you normally see in this fantasy space. You can download the app, use the promo code awesome and get a first match deposit bonus of up to $20. If you're interested, we have a ton of no house advantage content on the site, including free optimal lineups and free no house advantage projections. Always that just exists. If you want to be, if you want to try to build up a bankroll, if you're really trying to grind it out right now, this is the perfect opportunity for you. We are providing everything that you can need for no house advantage. It's possible that you'll see some overlay in these contests. And we have a deposit bonus code that you can get even free money on the top. I would be very surprised if this doesn't go well for you out of the gate. Can't guarantee anything, but this is as good of a setup as you're going to find. Highly recommend you guys check out all of the stuff that we have on the website for No House Advantage. And again, Awesome is the promo code, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. When signing up at No House Advantage, get yourself a $20 first match deposit. And guys, use the promo code at awesomeo.com if you want to sign up. Use the promo code COLLEGE. C-O-L-L-E-G-E. You can get your first week of our college basketball projections for free. That's $4.98 college basketball projections. Sunday, February 28th, so two days from now, that is when this code will expire. So if you want to get in on that action, use that promo code now. It is the perfect time to do so. Let's close this out. Three games. First one up, the Atlanta Hawks at the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
Hawks, three and a half point favorites in OKC, 223 total. We've got Cam Reddish questionable once again. Uh, Trey Young, Clint Capella, around 10% ownership. A little bit more filler ownership coming to the rest of these guys. Does anything stand out to you from the Hawks? So we have to talk about Danilo Gallinari because <laughs> he he scored all of the points last game. That game against yeah. that that game against the Celtics where uh, Gallinari, who by the way Gallinari, is somebody who I don't know if you remember this, but we were doing live before lock that night, and John Collins was questionable to play. And right before the show starts, or like right at the onset of the show, John Collins gets ruled in, and you said, "Does this change anything for you?" And I said, "It's a relief because I don't have to roster crappy Danilo Gallinari now." And, oh, did he take it out on me for those comments? I think uh, directly he had that big game in spite of me because then he goes out because I was going to I was going to have to roster Danilo Gallinari had John Collins been ruled out, and I didn't want to roster Danilo Gallinari. And then because I've rostered him other times this year, and it's gone terribly every time so far. Or at best, he scored like 19 fantasy points at, a min, at around min price. And, yeah, he made every single shot that he took. He hit like eight threes in the span of like five minutes or something like that. He was 10 for 12 from three for the game. And not something I think is sustainable whatsoever. (laughs) Not something I see is sustainable whatsoever. He has not played well. Um, His price has gone up a whole bunch from last game. And now we've got, so like his DraftKings price is 5,900. That's right in line with where it was basically all of last season. So if we think that he's just totally flipped the script and now it's like, hey, everything's good. We've got prime Gallinari back again. Then the price is fair. If he is not the same player from last year, which I don't think he is, then it is a little bit of an overpriced, which is the case for me. So uh, Danilo Gallinari, I assume that people are going to be curious about him just because he was so good last game. But that, that was such an outlier performance, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming Reddish is in here now, so that makes it even more muted. But even if Reddish ends up out, I don't get the sense that I'll be going to too much Gallo. More so on DraftKings than FanDuel. FanDuel at 5,900 is just going to be a price I can't get to. Trey Young, Clint Capella, Clint Capella going up against Oklahoma City, an Oklahoma City team that will not have Al Horford today or Hamadou Diallo, but I don't think the Diallo piece is uh, all that important. No. No, it was at one point. Oh, no, you're saying not important for Hamadou Diallo. Yeah, yeah, Thoughts on Capella, though, with Oklahoma City only having Isaiah Roby and Mike Muscala to trot out there. Yeah, I have Capella projected for over 40 fantasy points right now, and the other thing to consider, too, is, like you said, I mean – this is a matchup way easier than we're even used to seeing going up against OKC. There's, there's nobody to match up against Capella. Like Capella, oh, your camera went off again. Capella could easily have, uh, not, not easily, but it wouldn't shock me if Capella has 20 rebounds in this game. Yeah, he can really dominate the glass here. I think it's a really nice high upside spot for Capella. Trey Young is just like a guy to me, though, today. I'll probably have like 10%, and it won't be all that interesting. Yeah, uh, I mean, last I, I liked him a whole bunch last slate when we had him project for 4% ownership, and there was a whole bunch of guys to pay off, and it looked like it was going to go really well until the Celtics were not able to score the basketball. But Trey Young, yeah, the ownership's gone up now. He's played really well over the last, like, five or six games now. His usage is up. His fantasy production is up. Usage for Trey Young over his last five games, 41%, 29, 35, 42, 37. Uh, so – Team is taking a little bit of a skid, and it looks like Trey Young's putting them on his back. He's making more of an effort to get shots up, and that is all positive things for his fantasy value. Over the past month, Trey Young averaging the same fantasy points per minute as LeBron James. He's been good. 1.33. On the Oklahoma City side, though, as I mentioned, no Al Horford, no Hamadou Diallo. So we found the one spot that there actually is some value on the slate, but it's not even just that. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is 8K on FanDuel, 8,800 on DraftKings. He's projected for 45% ownership on FanDuel. Isaiah Roby, the likely uh, starting center for Oklahoma City, projected for 43% ownership on FanDuel. Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, Maladon, all in double digits. On DraftKings, buckle up. SGA, Baisley, Roby, Dort, Maladon, Mascala, Justin Jackson, and Kenrich Williams, all north of 15 14% ownership actually sorry Justin Jackson's at 12 all in double digits all the way up to mid 20s this entire Oklahoma City team is the clear cut most owned team on the slate we need to break it all down i think they're getting pretty significantly overowned uh down the line but sga without question got to have them on fanduel oh especially in cash games 
Like cash games, SGA is, I know people ask, who's the first player I should roster? It doesn't really matter which order you put them in, but SGA is the, uh, is the, is the guy who I would answer with who's the first guy you should put into a FanDuel cash game. It is SGA. Uh, price is too cheap on FanDuel. I don't know why they just nerfed his price a bunch uh, a yeah. week ago ago. They put him down to like 7,500 out of nowhere. It's up to 8,000 now. Still cheaper than where he was at a couple of weeks ago. So SGA, just on a points per dollar basis, one of the top plays on FanDuel. So no issues with him. Really favorable matchup going up against the Hawks. Um, Mike Muscala, I think, is not that he's picking up no ownership, but he makes for an interesting pivot off of Isaiah Roby uh, for a little bit less ownership, yeah. just from the standpoint of we've seen Roby get into foul trouble in a lot of his starts this year. And if that happens again, it's going to be Mike Muscala having to be forced to play extra minutes. We've seen that situation play out uh, without Al Horford in previous games this year. Uh, so that's something that I'm also going to be looking to do. I'm going to be getting exposure to Roby. I'm going to be getting exposure to Mike Muscala. Um, Lou Dort is somebody who I feel like I'm pretty perpetually underweight to the field on, which is funny too, because I feel like the, the, which I feel like people first kind of uh, stopped hating me on this channel because of a Lou Dort game in the playoffs. And, uh, and, and ever since then, I haven't been on Lou Dort all that much. Uh, You should be. (laughs) Uh, so Lou Dort to me um, is is one of the guys who I'm going to be underweight to the field on. Um, Baisley, what was his latest ownership? Just so I have the correct number in front of me. 13 on FanDuel, 25 on DraftKings. So at the 13 number on Baisley, I think that he's somebody to go overweight on uh, at a 5,800 price tag. Uh, just based on the amount of exposures going to other guys on Thunder, I get it. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be building rosters on FanDuel with three or four Oklahoma city guys. And Baisley isn't going to be one of the guys that they get to. Uh, he's one of the only guys that I think is going actually under owned relative to what his ownership is. I love this team today. It's going to be so ugly. They're going to end up losing by 30 or something. And it's, it's just going to be terrible. I don't totally agree with the like Justin Jackson, Kenrich Williams ownership on DraftKings, but that is just a testament to what this slate looks like right now. I know why it's happening. Uh, it's just not a spot that I really want to be. Yeah, that's that's uh that's totally. Re- I mean, like Kenrich Williams, nearly thirty percent ownership. That's always going to seem crazy. Uh, Justin yeah. Jackson, his ownership is also uh, what was his number on DraftKings? It was. Do you have it in front of you? Justin Jackson on DraftKings, twelve and a half. Okay, yeah, that's that's a little more reasonable. But I also don't have a project to play a, a ton of minutes. But thirty percent for Kenrich Williams is egregiously high. Yeah, that'll all come down to basically nothing. It's- if I had to guess uh, one thing I do want to mention for Oklahoma city, not that it matters, but Ty Jerome has been called up from the G league. He is active now. So it's possible. He sees some minutes favorite play on FanDuel favorite play on DraftKings. Uh, that is going to be SGA and SGA. So I actually think that it's Isaiah Roby on FanDuel over SGA, but uh, I'm splitting hairs here. These two guys are like, you know, 90th percentile outcomes for today. Like both of them on DraftKings. It is actually Darius Baisley at 5,200. But I just like a lot of OKC. And that's not to say, like, I love Shea today. But it's neither here nor there. Two games to go. Let's close this out. Charlotte Hornets at the Golden State Warriors. Warriors are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. 231 total. Uh, same as usual for the Hornets. Still no Devontae Graham. So we've got $7,600 LaMelo Ball picking up a ton of ownership on FanDuel. I totally agree with it. He was my number one contender on FanDuel. Rogier, Hayward, Washington, and Zeller all in double digits in ownership on FanDuel. Q tag on Cody Zeller, by the way, something we need to pay attention to. Gordon Hayward is at 20% ownership on DraftKings, where he's only 6,700. Lamelo is significantly more expensive on DK in comparison to his FanDuel price. How are you feeling about the Hornets? Big time pace up spot against the Warriors. Yeah, so let's talk about Cody Zeller for a second, the questionable tag. He gets banged up a whole bunch and... uh, no real evidence of this uh, other than just a gut feeling, but it seems to me more often than not when he's listed as questionable, he ends up getting ruled out uh, just because he gets, he gets banged up so often they do it. They can to try to keep him healthy. If he is out, Bismack Biombo becomes one of the value, better value plays on the slate. Uh, Biombo, I assume that he would end up starting and we've seen him make a handful of starts this year as a starter. He is playing 27 minutes per game, averaging 23 fantasy points. Uh, I would I would like him getting a start. He is uh, cheap on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, Biombo is uh, the flat min on FanDuel. And on DK, he is uh, 3300 3, uh, But that is a price tag where I would be projecting him for 
over 20 fantasy points. Definitely be somebody to roster on both sites, especially considering the lack of value on the slate. Totally agree with you on LaMelo Ball, more of a FanDuel-specific play than uh, DraftKings, and then Gordon Hayward, uh, interest in him on both FanDuel and DK. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Charlotte team looks really good. This Warriors matchup is is perfectly set up for them. It's kind of the opposite feeling for me on Golden State. Steph Curry is at 16% ownership on FanDuel, 20 on DK. I like him a little bit. I don't like him that much. I don't like anybody on Golden State other than that. No one in my sim showed up more than 9% on either FanDuel or DK. They basically play four guys north of 30 minutes, and then every single other person that has a Warriors jersey gets to play between 10 and 18 minutes. So what are you doing with the Warriors against the Hornets? All right. So uh, Steph Curry as a payup option, I think makes a little more sense on DraftKings than FanDuel. Uh, Now that we've seen the price on Curry dip below uh, 10K, we now have Steph Curry and Trey Young who are priced around the same. And it's been for a long time where I've been like, hey, I kind of prefer Trey Young to Steph Curry for the last few slates just because Trey Young's been so much cheaper than Curry. But now that it's kind of been flipped and we have Curry a little cheaper than Trey Young on DK, uh, yeah, I like I like Steph Curry more comparing the two. Uh, other guys, Draymond Green, also uh, more of a uh, DraftKings-specific play than FanDuel. Uh, Draymond, yeah. who is currently at 7,300 on on a FanDuel, but he's 6,900 on DK. I was a little concerned about the assist rate for Draymond Green, oddly, with, with Kevin Looney and James Wiseman coming back. Just because the way that we've seen the Warriors operate their offense over the last couple of weeks, he's he's been the primary center, and they've run the offense through him. And I was a little concerned, like, are they still going to run the, the their plays the same way and their offense the same now that they have those big men back? But the last two games, 11 assists and 12 assists for Draymond Green. Not a concern for me, but his price has gone down the last couple of games. So uh, Draymond Green, somebody more so on DraftKings, but I'm going to be getting exposure to him as well. Favorite play on FanDuel, favorite play on DraftKings? On FanDuel, it is LaMelo Ball and on DraftKings, Steph Curry. LaMelo Ball, very clearly the answer here. I don't think it's possible to have a different answer. (laughs) And then on DraftKings, Gordon Hayward would be my answer. Fun stuff. Closing it out now, the other late night hammer. And you could watch Emac and Spags at nine o'clock break down these two games. Portland at LA, the Lakers, that is. Lakers, five and a half point favorites, 222 total. Portland actually is like their normal rotation as of late. Don't really have any other additional news. Enos Cantor picking up a ton of ownership on FanDuel where he's just 6,300. I completely agree with it. It was one of my favorite plays on the Contenders videos. Dame Lillard, about 15% owned on both sites. Totally agree with that. I think you can get to a little bit of Trent, Covington, Mello. Look, all looks okay here today. How are you feeling about Portland? Normally a tough spot against the Lakers, but a little bit of a different defense when Anthony Davis isn't out there. Yeah, the Lakers are – I can't believe the Lakers are still favored in games. I I, it, I feel like it's been two weeks since they've covered a game against the spread. They're just getting their faces kicked in. Speaking of, for the Lakers, uh, looks like Schroeder is back, by the yes. way. Uh, still no Anthony Davis, though. So right. uh, still an issue for them. I mean, Schroeder being back is going to help their offense. I think the Lakers, off the top of my head, have the worst offensive rating in the league ever since uh, ever since Anthony Davis went down. Uh, that might Wouldn't have just been me. ever since Dennis Schroeder went out. But yeah, they're, they're struggling big time. Here's the one issue I have with Dame is just where his price is at. I prefer Steph Curry. I prefer Trey Young for cheaper prices, especially on a slate that is so price sensitive right now. It's really hard to find value. And those extra few hundred dollars of of, uh, of salary, I think is going to matter a good deal. So Dame and Lillard, at least in my initial builds, not somebody I'm really getting to. I agree with you. Enos Kanter on FanDuel looks like one of the better center plays. As for the other peripheral guys, though, nobody that I really have that much interest in. It's just kind of been spread out minutes in production. Then we got the Lakers side. LeBron James on FanDuel is at 28% ownership. To me, that feels pretty high. Uh, On the DK side, both LeBron at 14%, which also feels really high, and Markeith Morris, 11% owned at 3,100, are the only people pulling any ownership whatsoever from the Lakers. How do you feel about that ownership on LeBron, and how do you feel about LeBron in general? And what do you think the starting lineup looks like for the Lakers? They switched it up their last time out. Taylor Horton Tucker and Markeith Morris saw entry into the lineup. I feel like we'd be back to Kuzma today, but I don't really know. Yeah, so I assume that they go to LeBron, Schroeder, Kuzma, Gasol, and KCP. 
Uh, yep. That is that is my guess as of right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, they went with such a bizarre starting lineup last last game that was just outside of the box. But the reason I think they did that is because obviously, number one, they didn't have Dennis Schroeder. But number two, they've been struggling so much lately that I think they were just trying to do anything they could to mix it up. And it did not matter. They got absolutely massacred by the nope. by the Jazz. It was not a competitive game whatsoever. Uh, so now that Schroeder's back, I think they go back to their normal starting lineup, Sands, Anthony Davis, and they just say, hey, we have our change here now that Dennis Schroeder's back. So uh, that's what I expect the starting lineup to be. I'm curious to see if there's any minutes restriction on Dennis Schroeder. Uh, right now, 5,700 on Fandle, picking up zero ownership. On DraftKings, Dennis Schroeder is 5,900, picking up zero ownership. If Dennis Schroeder's going to pick up no ownership heading into like he's sub 1% owned on both yeah. sites. Obviously, the risk here coming back from a few-game layoff, he could have a minutes restriction. If there's no minutes restriction and there's no ownership, then I think that he's a he's a pretty strong GPP play. That's all I've got here, guys. We are done Portland, LA. So final question. Favorite play on FanDuel, favorite play on DraftKings? Uh, on FanDuel, it is Enos Kanner. And on DraftKings, I'm going to say Dennis Schroeder, assuming no minutes restriction. Cantor on FanDuel, Damian Lillard on DraftKings, and that will do it. Do you have any final thoughts on this slate as a whole before we get out of here? Uh, just do us a favor, NBA. We don't ask for this often. Rule some guys out. Do it for yeah. us. But early enough that like it's easy to deal with. That's for sure. Anyway, guys, that will do it. Uh, if you guys could hit the like button, that would be great. Subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell so you know when everything goes live. Just because we got to 50,000 subscribers doesn't mean we have to stop now. So let's run that number up a little bit higher. Follow Greg and I on Twitter, specifically me, so that I can beat Lafayette. <laughs> but bring Greg along for the ride as well. Follow at awesome underscore com. Do all that good stuff. Good luck tonight, everybody. Have a fantastic weekend. And uh, that's it. That's all I've got. Good luck. Bye.